God bless you. We're so glad you're here this morning. Somebody say hallelujah for the 50 degree weather. Snow's gone. (laughs) Hey, real, real quickly, I I normally don't give too many announcements, but I do have one. Uh, We have an end of the year financial statement for the whole church to be able to grab and take home with you and kind of see how our money was spent, how we've done according to our budget last year and how we've done on offerings. We've had a record year in offerings this year. Amen. But it'll be provided back in the... uh, uh, information desk back there. We've got, I don't know how many copies we've got, but if we run out, we will make more. But uh, this is something that someone had asked at the last business meeting that we start to provide at the end of the year, and it'll be just a good feel of, of how, the, how the money was spent uh, back in the information desk. Uh, so pick that up and rejoice. Rejoice with us over how the Lord has blessed uh, this church financially and continues to bless us. And we are still on, on board for our building program and just want you to know we're still um, gaining ground. Uh, we've got a long way to go, but please don't stop believing and don't stop giving seed into this building program that we've got ahead of us. It's, it's a big thing for us to accomplish, but let me tell you, there's nothing too big for God. Nothing too big. Not even a blink of his eye, he can handle it. And uh, that's kind of where I want to begin this morning is... You know, sometimes it's so easy to go out and help your neighbor, go out and help your brother, go out and help someone or do something to get for God. Only a lot of times to fall short in what we were trying to accomplish. And it's so funny how God works. You know, <clears throat> this whole song list was about <clears throat> my failures, but how great he is and his grace and his power and how he works through our failures. We're going to mess up. <coughs> Uh, I think that that's proper worship in that we establish who we are and we establish who he is. I mean, I believe that is true worship. I believe around the throne of God, it is all about how great he is. And sometimes we have to come to the throne and realize, I don't want to say how little we are because we are the righteousness of Christ. We are not viewed as little in God's eyes, but compared to God, we're dirt We're dirt, and that's a healthy place to come. But so many times we get down the road and we've tried something that we felt like was right only to fall short. find so many times that accompanying these broken dreams and broken desires that we just, we don't know how to move forward. Mark Twain once said, if a cat sits on a hot stove, that cat won't sit on a hot stove again. He won't sit on a cold stove again either. He won't sit on stoves altogether. He'll hate stoves. That's why, that's our tendency, is to withdraw completely when we lose heart. We mess up once and we want to stay away from it. We think it wasn't God because we fall down. And you know, Mary Lou Retton was the golden girl of the 1984 Olympics. She said something that was so fitting that I, that I want to try to accomplish in this message. She said, achieving that goal was a good feeling, but to get there, I also had to go through all of the failures. You know, you read that quote, and I, I can just it, just, it just hits me right in the middle. Getting through our failures. And that's what I want to start this morning, is going 
from failure to victory. From failure to victory. You've got to be able to pick yourself up and continue after you fail. And the fact is, no man, no woman has ever achieved great things without great setbacks. No one. There's no such thing as reaching up and grabbing that prize without experiencing setbacks along the way. And just for the next couple of weeks, we're just going to be talking about from failure to victory. And it's funny that, uh, that these two messages are coinciding. Uh, Wednesday nights, we're talking about accessing the promises of God, accessing the abundance of God. And right now, we're on receiving the promise. And this Wednesday, we're going to be hitting Deuteronomy 28. And if you don't know Deuteronomy 28, go read it because it'll build you up. It'll also teach you the fear of the Lord. I believe Deuteronomy 28 not only shows you how good God wants to be, but it'll also show you how to fear God. Because starting with, I think, verse 15, it it goes south. Verse 1 through 14 is north. North meaning up. Verse 15, and there's a lot more than 14 verses of going south. So, facts about failure. I'm sure everybody's thinking, oh no. Facts about failure. Can I encourage you just for a minute? We all fail. All of us. There's not a person here that has not failed or has not had problems or experienced setbacks in life. If you were here last Sunday, one thing that I said was every family has problems. Every marriage has problems. It's how you handle those problems is whether or not you can move forward or not. If you don't handle those problems, you got problems. You got worse problems, right? But also facts about failure. The more attempts... The more attempts we make at success, the greater our potential for failure. The more we try, the more we expose ourselves to life, the more we are set up for setback. That's why so many people get hurt in relationships and think I'm not going to go into that anymore because I don't want to be hurt again. I'm not going to try that again because I don't like the result I got. And that's normal. The man who never made a mistake never made anything. That's why Charles Kettering said that nothing comes out right the first time. Repeated failures are the signposts towards success. Let that one sink in. We're going to get into that, how failures many times direct you. They're a sign saying, ah, you went the wrong way go this way. Remember those big signs we had on the stage? Eh, now we know it's not this direction that we're going in. Look what Thomas J. Watson says. The way to succeed is to double your failure rate. <laughs> I am not here to glorify failure. That's not my intent. I'm not saying that life is great when we go through failures because the more you try, the more you fail. Fortunately, there is a relationship between failure and success. So we have to stay in the game. If we get out of the game, how can you ever succeed? <clears throat> Let me give you a little story. And I didn't mean to, I, I, I don't have this in my notes, but I'm going to share it anyway. 
My dad, when I was about 12 or 13, once told me to mow um, at one of our businesses and also mow at home. Well, I chose not to. I just didn't do it. And uh, somehow I got word that he knew I hadn't done it. So I got out to do it. But I want you to catch it. I'd already missed it. He had already known. I'd already missed it. He already knew my attitude was wrong. I already had missed it. So I got out to do it. And he let me, at 12 or 13, back in the good old days, we used to could drive. It wasn't legal, but moms and dads let us drive out on the farm. I learned to drive at 11 or whatever it was. Uh, Be careful out here on our parking lot because Pete's driving around our parking lot. So look out. When we don't have church and no one's up here, everybody watch out. I don't have a farm, so he's kind of driving around here. Very slowly, I got my hand on the emergency brake, but look out. Rita Marie's older, but she won't do it. She's scared. She doesn't want to do it. And I'm not going to put her behind there if she doesn't want to. But Pete wants to. So here we go. I'm getting out to mow and I pull the lawnmower out and I'm getting everything ready, getting it gassed up. And I get back in the truck to move the truck. And all of a sudden I back up and the the back tire comes off the ground. I ran over the push mower. I mean, I mean, I killed it. I'm like, what? I mean, the car literally left the ground. It's hard to do that in a car. It just, I'm like, oh no, what have I done? And you know, I thought I was going to die. Dad's going to kill Ralphie. And you know what? That day, I did get spanked. But he made it real clear. It had nothing to do with me backing over the lawnmower. And he said, I'll never get on to you for getting out here and getting after it and messing up. But when you choose not to do it, that's the problem. When you choose not to go down God's way, and God knows you're going to fall down. Grace, grace, God's grace, great grace. But when we choose to disobey, go read Deuteronomy 28, chapter 15 and forward. I want to obey. I want to, I want to mess, if I mess up, I want to mess up obeying. I needed the spanking. But he made it clear for what it was for. And it was right. And it stuck with me. I I don't know that I've ever brought that back up to you before. But it stuck with me. We all fail. And the more times we try, the more times we have a chance for failing. There's a relationship between failure and success. And we have got to stay in the game. My son is a big three-point shooter. And all season, he's been off. Shooters have going streaks. He couldn't make a shot. And it's been about ten games thinking the coach was going to pull him, throwing up air balls, shooting them everywhere. But he kept after it, kept after it, kept after it, didn't quit. And now the last two games, he's caught fire. He's gotten the taste of blood. And he can't wait to get out there. Had he quit, he would have never gotten over that hump. We quit so easy. Catch this right here. All failures fall into two categories. Number one, those who thought and never did. I guarantee it. we know people like this, don't we? They just keep thinking about it and never do it. Keep talking about the plan, but never pull the trigger on it. They're basically perfectionists, so they don't do it because they never finish thinking it through. Know anybody like that? I've been on that side. We think and we think and we think and we never do. But then there are those who did but never thought. How many knows that going out and not preparing is setting you up for failure? 
We're not to fly by the seat of our pants. The Lord, the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. Not, not throw us out in the middle of something that we don't have a clue and hope we stumble on it. Those who thought and never did and those who did and never thought. Failure, it's not failure that's designed to defeat us. It's how we think about that failure and how we learn from it. And as we review and we reflect and we evaluate, all of a sudden we say, wait a minute, I see what I'm doing wrong. However, failure can be a tremendous teacher in your life. We're going to study one of my favorite stories, and it's uh, 2 Kings chapter 6. And if you've got your Bibles, get this out. It's a little bit lengthy. It's about seven verses. I'm going to put it up on the screen, but get your Bibles out. Everybody bring your Bibles. Bring your Bible. This is from the New American Standard Version, but whatever version you've got, you're going to be able to follow along with me. What's happened? This is about the story of Elisha. This is the, this is the understudy of the great prophet Elijah. And he has just seen God take Elijah up, and he's received a double portion of his spirit. And because Elisha was this powerful prophet, all these young preachers and prophets were following him around, wanting to learn from him. So what did he do? He created a school. He created a prophet school, which had grown so much that it needed more space. Now let's get to the story. Verse 1, chapter 6, verse 1. Now the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, Behold, now the place before you where we are living is too limited for us. Living is, living is too limited for us. Verse 2. Please, let's all go down to the Jordan and each of us take from there a beam and let us place for ourselves where we may live. So he said, go. Then one said, please be willing to go with your servants. servants and he answered, I shall go. Verse 4, then he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut trees down. But as one was filling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Alas, my master, for it was borrowed. Verse 6, then the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. He cut off a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. I would have loved to have seen that. And then he said, Take it for yourself. So he put out his hand and he took it. Everybody, I I would think many of you know this story. You know, they've gone out to work. They're out there working away. And the guy's got an axe, which he's borrowed. It's not like today. I think that you'd probably get into some pretty serious trouble for messing up something that's borrowed. He has value in it. He's not going to return it back to him with just the handle. You ever had somebody return you something that basically just has the handle and not the part that you need? Don't you just love that? He says, wait a minute. Master, I've lost this and it's borrowed. I am in all kinds of trouble. And Elisha has showed him how to get it. Well, let's take a look at this. Principles for turning failure into victory. Number one, admit you have a problem. The man could have just gone on and just dealt with the consequences. Instead, wait a minute, master. I'm here working for you. You are a mighty prophet of God. I believe in what you're doing. This has happened to me. Can you help me? Listen to this. Failure for, listen to this failure formula. Do I have this? People fail in direct proportion to their willingness to accept excuses for their failure. 
when you're willing to accept excuses for your failure, it increases your failure rate. Excuses, accepting excuses doesn't work. Look what Benjamin Franklin said. He that is good at making excuses is seldom good at anything else. George Washington Carver said, 99% of failures come from people who have a habit of making excuses. Here's a great definition of frustration. Frustration is not having anybody to blame but yourself. So we go, we admit we have a problem. Number two, we go back to where the problem started. Did you catch what Elisha said? The man said, Master, I have lost this part of my axe. I have this problem and it's borrowed. What did Elisha say? Where? Where is the problem? Let's go back to where the problem is. Pastor Matt once taught something I believe very significant. The pastor that that I preceded, that I came after, Pastor Matt Jones, very strong prophetic uh, Bible teacher, taught about hearing the voice of God. And if you haven't heard the voice of God lately, go back to where you were. Where were you? What were you going through? Where was the last time you heard? And backtrace where you were because more than likely you've stumbled somewhere between here and there. And go back to that place and repent or make it right. And you know what? He's right. Go back. How many times do we see with psychologists or therapists that they want to go back to the source of the problem? As much as it hurts. Derek Prince talks about rejection and how if we continue to cover up that rejection, it's like a piece of shrapnel that's gotten caught in a wounded soldier that just got patched up, but the shrapnel never came out. They dressed the wound. The infection went away but on the top, but down deep the infection continued and began to kill him. And until it could get opened up and that shrapnel pulled out, healing really couldn't take place. With that soldier, they had to go back to where the problem was. We've got to go back to where the problem started. If we're going to turn failure into victory, we've got to go back. Verse 6, is see, the man of God said, where did it fall? And, the, and the, the servant said, right over there. And he took him back to where the problem began. But let's look for just a minute. Where do problems start? Where did, we got Super Bowl Sunday coming up, so I'm using football analogies. Anybody ever felt like that? I mean, I'm not a football player, but I felt like that. Nothing like seeing a defeated player or a, someone that just feels like that they, the whole world is on their shoulders. And there they are holding the whole world. And that's where many of us are right now. Where do problems start? They start with wrong priorities. How true is it that we often lose it in the area of wrong priorities? And it's kind of like what you would call the Martha mix-up. You know, Martha and Mary both prepared for Jesus to come. Martha prepared externally. Mary prepared internally. These two ladies representing two groups of people. See, some people are overcommitted to the work of the Lord and undercommitted to the Lord in the work. 
Some are overcommitted to the work of the Lord and undercommitted to the Lord in the work. It's so easy for us to happen when we attempt to work for the Lord without spending time in worship. When we try to do things for the Lord, but we never take the time to build relationship, we become spiritually empty. You can't do it. It just becomes works. It just becomes works. I want you to know faith without works is dead. But if it's just works without faith, it's no good. It's dead. Faith without works. We've got to have faith. How do we have faith? By the Word of God. What happens when we, are, when we have faith and we have the Word of God? We start to know God. We start to build relationship. We start to talk to Him. We start to believe. Re- reading Deuteronomy 28 will build your faith. Appropriately. It's balanced. It's not just up on the mountaintop. It's down in the valley too. How many knows we live fractions on the mountaintop? We live almost all our time right here in the middle. And we spend some time down in the bottom. It's not all right here. We need balance. We need the Word and we need the Holy Spirit. It can't be one and not the other. It takes works and relationship. Faith without works is dead. You can't earn your way to heaven, but you are expected to show that you're a Christ follower by what your actions are. It's kind of mixed up, isn't it? I'm supposed to show fruit. We are to produce. We get wrong priorities. We want to sit here and work and work and work and work and work and work. That's me. Leave out the relationship. I will tell you, even in my marriage, that's me. I got to slow down for a minute and be merry. That sounds funny. Be merry. I don't mean that on, on a male, female. I mean, you know, be, be merry. Anyway. You've got to sit down and you've got to spend time with the Lord. And out of that relationship, will your priorities correct itself and you'll start doing the correct work out of relationship? That's revelation. I don't know if you can get that or not. Let us get it. You know, when Peter and John were going to the temple, they saw a lame man saying, give me money. Give me money. We know you. Give me money. And what did Peter and John say? Silver and gold have I none, but what we do have we'll give you. Get up and walk. Peter and John didn't try to give them what they didn't have. He gave them what they did have, what they did know, what they knew how to flow with, what they knew was God's desire. Peter and John lined up with the Lord, gave them what he really needed. He didn't need money. He needed legs to earn money. We cannot give what we don't have to give. Many of our problems arise because we've misplaced our priorities. But also, problems start with wrong attitudes. Wrong attitudes. I've found that when we have a setback in life, what undermines us is not so much the problem, but how we respond to it. Many people are carrying baggage from something that they had a long time ago. The Hebrew writer I feel like he kind of told us what to do here. He said, be alert lest any root of bitterness spring up and cause trouble. 
because of that, many have become defiled. He's talking about two things here with attitudes. Number one, they live deep down inside of us. Scripture called them a root. Scripture called them a root. It's something that gets down deep inside of it, uh, down and deep inside of us. It's not apparent. You don't know it's there. How many knows some some of the things that are in you that you thought were gone from your childhood? When you have a real problem hit you, it shows up. Why? It's a root. It didn't get removed. My mom used to teach me on how to pull weeds. And if you don't get the root, they will come back. As a kid, who cares about the root? Just pull the top up off and please mama. Get her off my back. And then next week, here they all are. Mama knows. Get them by the root. Don't waste your time. You're wasting your time pulling the heads off. Get them by the root. You're wasting your time putting a Band-Aid on your temper. Get it by the root. I say this every year. Super Bowl Sunday, the biggest uh, domestic violence day of the year. Get a hold of it, men. Super Bowl Sunday ought to be a good day. Who cares if it's Green Bay and Pittsburgh? Who cares? I don't like Pittsburgh. What else do these bad attitudes do? They keep us from being effective for God. What does it say? It springs up, be careful and alert because of that root of bitterness will what? Spring up. Be careful, be alert. At that very moment, you don't want that bad attitude to pop out. And here it comes. It's triggered. You'd say, I didn't mean to say that. Well, that's a root of bitterness down deep inside. The problem, the attitude's problem that dwells deep within us trip us because we're about to make progress in our lives. About when you're about to make breakthrough, this root shows itself. That's why we see so many times in marriages, you get everything together and then something happens wrong and all this past starts coming back up. That's not scriptural. Or an alcoholic finally gets off alcohol for a year, for two years, for three years. Then all of a sudden, it comes back. That's a root. That's demonic. Drugs, pornography. We get the outside. The outside dealt with, but the inside's not dealt with. Can I give you some good news? I'm going to close here. How many needs good news? The good news about attitudes are you choose them. They're a choice. I know this because the scripture from the root of bitterness says, what did it say at the very beginning? Be alert. That means you can control it. Look out. It's coming. You can deal with it. Your attitude, you can deal with it. It is possible for you and I not to allow a root of bitterness to be there. You are going to get angry or upset. But don't let it get rooted or you will have way worse problems. In fact, it says it will defile you. It's a choice. We can't choose. We can't always choose our circumstances but we can choose how we respond to them. It's not what happens to me. It's what happens in me. It's not what happens to me.
God does not judge you, does not look at you, does not help you walk through things that he sees that happens to you. It's what happens in you. Consume me from the inside out. My heart and my soul, I give you control. Consume me from the inside out. Taking care of the outside is not going to fix it. We've got to allow the Lord to take care of us from the inside. Amen. Amen. We'll pick this up next week. Let me just pray over you. Father, I just ask for a breakthrough, Lord, in our, in our lives, in our attitudes. Lord, we are sitting here probably dealing with failure as we speak, as I speak. Lord, let us look to you. You are well where my help comes from. You are well where my help comes from. Father, let us slow down for just a minute and just in faith right now, just say, Father, help me. Father, help me. Right where you sit in the problems that you sit in, just say, Father, help me. It's scriptural. It is according to his will. It is his character. He says, I am am your very present help in time of need. He says, if you will call to me, I will answer. Father, help me. Lord, I just humble myself and say out loud, Lord, I can't fix everything. I can't do everything. But I serve the God who is the God of everything. Every problem I could ever experience. You are the God over that problem. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. You may be here this morning and you'd say, Pastor, I'm about to fall apart. Right where you sit, just say, Father, help me. And if that's not enough, I want you to stand up in just a moment and come up here and let us pray with you. Let us agree with you. It says, where two or more agree according to your word, we shall have that. I will agree with you according to God's word, according to God's will. One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put ten thousand to flight. But we've got to put something to flight. Let's give it to the Lord. You may be here and need prayer over your health. Maybe need prayer over your finances. You maybe need prayer over your family, over your marriage. Step out this morning and seek the helper. Seek the helper. We all stand up with me. You may not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Step out this morning. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Those that are ministering, come on down. As Miss Tammy sings, let's worship. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. And let's step out and let's pray in faith for breakthrough.